Amen. Today's lesson is going to be the king worshiped. Worshiping the king. We talked about um, Sunday for last, the birth of Jesus. Well, he hadn't been born, but we talked about the conceive of Jesus. How things already started happening when God said Mary was going to have that baby. Things were already happening because God spoke it. So when God speaks, when God even thinks about it, things start happening. When you, when you sit back and you look at it, when he starts thinking and saying, I want to do something good, things all, that plan is already in effect. And when he speaks, it already happens just that quick. Like a blink of the eye, just that quick. That's the awesome God we serve. But our lesson is going to be the king worshipped. Jesus is worthy of worship. Jesus is worthy of worship. We're going to look deep into some other things. And like I say, we're going to get away from just the quick flash lessons that they teach or that we remember i put it that way we're gonna get a little bit deep so when people got that uh index card with a b and c on there we're gonna fill in because you know when you when you write stuff down on the index card when you're taking notes you always try to make it neat and leave a line in between or you index over a little bit. You start off with, with, with A and then you index over a little bit, space over, and you'll put one, two, three. Or you'll put some bullets there. Well, we the bullets. We're going to be, we, you know, so we, we turn this Sunday School 101 up. We're going to be the bullets. For the little pieces that the people got, we're going to be the one that's going to fill in those little spaces that they put it on their paper and say they want to keep it neat and they don't want it all be scrunched up. And we was talking about how the word became flesh. Well, we're going to be the bullets that's going to step in those little spaces in between when they start saying, I know that story. We're going to step in in those empty lines and we're going we're gonna to show them how the word is going to come to flesh. We're going to get in that space that they put that special, you put that special bullet there, but or that number there, because you want to remember that, because that's the highlight. So we're going to get in there, and we're going to throw our weight around and let God stretch out. We want to get in there and let God stretch out. Because this year, last year, we gave them the basics. So now we done grown, and we're going to get in, and we're going to stretch out some. We're going to take that one page and make, make them write two pages. We're going to stretch out a little bit. So we're going to be talking about Jesus' birth. And we're going we're gonna to break this down a little bit about the stars and, and the things like that. Because we studied in Genesis and we know God created it all. And he's still showing us. 
He's still showing us even over, he's still showing us even over in the New Testament and stuff that he's still alive and still got control of the water, got control of the animals, got control of it all. So if he can control demons and wild animals and stuff and make them come down and put them right on the right path, what do you think he can do for us? Caged up animals, making caged up animals. We bringing animals from the wild and making them pets. We are. We bringing wild animals in, making them, for, making them pets. God is good. God is good. But we're going to be talking about Jesus. Jesus, you know, basically we know he's the descendant of Abraham and the descendant of David. We're going to go all the way back, but it let you know that where your people came from. Where your people came from. We all got adopted in, so we, we part of this family. We part of this family. When Jesus was birthed, things changed. Things changed. It was just all for the Jews, the Jews, the Jews. But when Jesus came along, everybody got a chance. Didn't matter what your nationality was. When Jesus was born, our king that he said they were sending the king for was the Messiah. That was for everybody. Everybody. So we're going to get on into the lesson. But we're going to be studying. We're going to break this thing down a little bit and we're going to the inquiry because you got Herod, then the pot, uh, Herod, then you got the plot, and then we're going to get into the presentation that Jesus was making the impact, and they was afraid of him from day one. Once he was conceived, they was afraid at day one. At day one, they was afraid at day one. Even though people that died on, it been prophesied, they were still afraid and shook in their boots just the thought of that this may happen. So they was afraid from day one because they knew that there was going to be a change was going to happen. And it was going to be one bigger than them. One that they couldn't even control. So if someone would read me verses, Matthew, the second chapter, verses 1 through 2. And we're going to start with the search. We're going to call this the search. Verses 1 through 2, Matthew, the second chapter. Good morning, blessings. Matthew, reading uh, 2, starting at number 1. Jesus was born in the town of Bethlehem in Judah during this reign of King Herod. At the time, some astrologers from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? For he, we have seen the star in a far off eastern lands and have come to worship him. Okay, go back a little bit, Sister Linda. Read that first, first verse, read it over again, but go slow on verse one. Okay, all right. Because I want everybody to catch who was searching for him? Jesus was born in the town of Bethlehem in Judah during the reign of King Herod. At that time, some astrologers from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in a far off eastern land and have come to worship him. Amen. 
Amen. Astrologers. You think about that. Following this star. When you think about it, we think things just happen. That they just start naming the stars and things just happen. God had already named all the stars and had did all that from the beginning when he created earth. I, I just want to make it clear because uh, my Bible says, not the astrologer, it says the wise men. The wise men. I just wanted to. And we're going to go through both, both, both of them. Both of them. But you got the astronomers that's always out naming the here's a new star. We discovered a new star. They want to give the star the name. That's just something you doing. God already named all those stars. That, that, that place has already been filled and taken care of. Okay. So I just wanted to, and the reason why I said that, because when I was reading, there was three translations. You had the wise men, you had the, you had the astronomers, and then they called them, uh, what was that other word they called them? Magi, Magi, M-A-G-I, Magi. So it's the wise men, the three wise men. That's the primary thing we're going to focus on, the three wise men, that they saw the star. They knew the prophecy that was prophesied. And they were traveling to see. And they brought gifts and things with them. So they were on a journey because they knew that there was a new king coming. That the time was here. That the time was here. Anybody want to put anything in on that? But it was the wise men's, and they came from the east. And it says they probably came from Persia or somewhere in that area. And they had, and the thing about it, these wise men's in that Persia area that they came from, they they were influenced by Judaism and and things like that. So at this time, the wise men they they knew, they knew. And it's just like when you're out there in that world, you know. You can practice. You can say you atheist. You can say whatever you want to say. But when somebody starts saying God and Jesus, you start quickening and stepping back down of what you believe. You start, you get in, they get, you, you can even wicked. They get burned up and they're ready for a fight because they know they can't, they, they can't touch God. They can't touch that. They knew of the prophecy. They knew of the prophecy. And it's just like a football team or a basketball team. When people begin to talk, and the closer it gets to the winning game, everybody is talking and news talk. But these astrologies, astrologers and magi and the wise men, but they were not the type of astrology what we're talking about today. This is how they navigated. This is how... They, they, certain stars, they would, they, it was set in the east and rise in the west or what have you. So this is how they moved about. That would tell them how much daylight they were going to have, how much time they had to get from point A. So they had their charts and things like that. So this is what they, it's not the astrology, all this stuff they talk about today. This is how they sell their ships. This is how they got revenue and stuff into from place to place. So this is what they were. And these were professional people 
So they knew exactly mm -hmm. what they were doing. Mm -hmm. Knowing the sign when the sign comes. That's the primary thing. Knowing the signs and knowing what to do when the signs come before you is the, is the primary thing. Knowing the signs. But they were going to go and they was following the signs because they was going to go and give worship to the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Uh, it's just uh, wonderful that you will be on this topic. Uh, and uh, there is a, a group called Gospel Forum that sings. And, and they said about the uh, wise men following the star to find out where the baby Jesus lay. And, but they went to the king. They went, you know. And, <laughs> and the thing is, they found him just like the just like the word had already said, mm -hmm. and just like the star that pointed right to him. Mm -hmm. But the king said, when you find him, mm -hmm. it, it, come back and tell me so I can worship him too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that, that's what the king said. Mm -hmm. But after they found him and gave the uh, presents and all that they had for him, and the song said, and they went back, Another way. Another way. You can't keep going. You can't going back to the same people Thanks. that know is going to harm you. Right. Also, I want to add on that at the, the bottom portion of verse 2. Say, where is he that is born king of the Jews? Mm -hmm. King of the Jews. We already know the king is coming. We just needed to know where he was going to be born. Born at. Say, for we have seen his star. Mm -hmm. that he had his own star that was guiding him. Say, we saw his star. It was something different about this star. Mm -hmm. Because this was his star. What This star wasn't like all the rest of the other stars. This is his own personal GPS guiding light. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to, I wanted to say... I wanted to say also at the birth of Jesus, the king had decided to do a census. God is so good. He knows how to bring the people right in for one thing so he can do what he needs to do. The people the king had wanted to do a census to count the people. So that's why the ends and everything was so filled up. By the time Joseph and Mary got there, all these people had traveled in for the census count. And what a perfect time for his son to be born when you got all these people already here to witness it. From everywhere. So when you think about it, that's what he's telling us. When you get the captive audience, do something. Stretch out and do something in that empty space. Don't just wander around and be lost and confused like you hadn't heard the prophecy. You, had, you don't know what your calling is. Utilize it. 
He set the stage for you. He chose, told you how John the Baptist was the forerunner preparing the place for you. So when people are running in front of you to prepare the place, go in and do what God asks you to do. Because he set the stage and he know how big he wants that impact to be. He know how he wants that word to be spreaded out. So step into those bullet points and stretch out. Go all the way and complete the sentence and put a period at the end and thus says the Lord. Fill it out. Fill it out. These wise men were obedient. They could have sat back and said, I'm not worried about that star. That star every now and then I see a star that, that, that brights too light or whatever. That's probably ain't it. I'm going to sit back. But they were obedient. They were obedient because it took the wise men to go on that trail, that journey, following that star to spread the word. To spread the word. And they were so faithful to their God that they didn't care nothing about what the king wanted. They didn't even hold no discussion with him about that. They, like he said, they weren't going back to danger. They're not going to have their hands. Don't have your hands, blood on your hands, trying to kill the one that God sent to spread the word. Bottom line. Bottom line. Because you get caught up and you get caught up in secret meetings and next thing you know, you got blood on your hands because you are handing out stuff to the people to kill them. You may not pull the trigger, but you you brought the gun and you gave them the bullets. And you even attach laser red on top of it so they can get a perfect target. The search, they were obedient. They were obedient. Even though things may sound like a good deal, but as long as you take it to God, you know to step back from that. Step back from that and pray over that. Don't have blood on your hands. Don't have blood on your hands. The search. Because there's people out there Tracking us down the same way they track Jesus down. Anytime that you say that you're doing something good and somebody, God, lifts them up, there's people on the bounty hunt that's tracking them down to put the net on them. And say you can't last but three years. You can't last but a year. And there's something strange, and I'm just going to say this, and I'm going to move on with the lesson. You know, I've heard since I've been in Springfield's pastors of churches, they say if they last a year, then it'll be three years. After three years, is after five years, it's going to be really close if they can hold it together. They speak this thing out. And as the pastors are going through this journey and the people are the ones who sit there waiting to put their silver bullet in the gun to do the shooting. If you stand there and you hear the prophecy, what people are saying, he ain't going to last but a year. He ain't going to last but three years. Why the people ain't on their posts, on their watch? You're watching the calendar. You see the anniversaries coming up. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And you say, well, I knew he wasn't going to last because it's been three years. 
I knew it wasn't going to last because it's going to be six years. But when God gave them their calling and when you selected them to be the pastor over your church, did you tell them you only want them for one year because they ain't going to last for one year? Did you tell them up front that you're going to be three years we know you're out of here? Did you put that in their contract? We little faith. We little faith. But the search, being obedience, like I say, we're going to be stretching out in between the lines because God has a special message when you read the word for his people. He has a special message for his people. Other people can read the same five verses, but when you read it and God stretches out, there's a whole nother meaning to it. He says something totally different. When God gets in there and stretches out, that's when he said the word comes to flesh. But when people say, I didn't read the Bible from the beginning to the end, good for you. Good for you. Because the people who gets up and they say, I done read the Bible from the beginning to the end, but just all you did was read. You didn't live it. You didn't breathe it. Did it come alive in you? Did it come alive in you? Are you doing anything different in the church? You on your third year reading the Bible from the beginning to the end? Are you still coming in, sitting in the same chair? Are you only coming to morning service? But you read it from the beginning to the end. I haven't read it from the beginning to the end. I'm taking it as the pages that God gives me from the beginning what he wants me to know. Because when God gives it to you, he gives you something to digest. He gives you something he wants you to do. He gives you something that he wants you to know. And he's going to let you stretch out. When he gives you that word, he's giving you something because he wants you to take it and stretch out with it. I don't have to know every verse in the Bible. But I know the Bible exists and I know God will lead me to wherever I need to go. At whatever time I need to go. And I don't even have to Google it. I don't even have to Google it. Because God going to give you what you need and the timing that you need. And I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with reading the Bible from the beginning to the end. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying when you start reading and you're praying and the word is anointing into you, there's some things happen. There's some things happen. There's certain books and things you get in when the God, when it's the pages start, the words start coming to life. You don't want to get out of that section. You keep going back and saying, I'm going to read that again. But when you're reading it from the beginning to the end for that purpose, you got a log that says I need to read five books, five verses here, six books, in order to make the deadline. I'm just saying. That's Glenda Sidebar. Would someone read verses three through four? manger and where Jesus lay in stable and all that. But if you would look at it, verse 11, and when they were come into the what? House. The house. At this time, this wasn't no baby. The young child, it said. Mm-hmm. It didn't say how old he was, but it was a young child. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, 
mm-hmm. fell down and worshiped him. Mm-hmm. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, mm-hmm. gold and frankincense and myrrh. Before we, before we go a little deep in that, we're going to go ahead and go through the inquiry. We're going we're to get to the meat. And that's what I'm talking about. That's exactly what I'm talking about. It's when you're spending time in the word and you start reading, you're so excited to get to the main portion. And that's the difference than just reading. Because you get hyped up and you want to go on to the meat and the potatoes. Would someone read verses 3 and 4, the inquiry? Because we want to go through the steps that happened along the way. Okay. This is, this, is, this is real good. You know, there's a song that they sang back in the day. I'm going to say back in the day. Hold on and stretch out. Stretch out on Jesus. So I guess we're stretching out on Jesus today all the way. King Herod was deeply disturbed by the, their questions, and all Jerusalem was filled with rumors. Mm-hmm. He called a meeting at the Jewish religious leaders. Did the prophets tell us where the Messiah would be born, he asked. You just want me to stay there? Yeah, that'll be fine. Okay. That'll be fine. We want to talk about uh, the king. Go ahead if yeah, you got something uh, to say. I like that because I know your Bible reads this, but he said he was... Jerusalem was filled with all sorts of rumors. So they were talking already about the newborn king, but I guess he was trying to figure out what was they saying or how was they saying about the newborn king. He was disturbed about the questions that all Jerusalem was was filled with all kinds of rumors. Mm -hmm. And the meeting with the Jewish rulers. I wanted to let you know what was going on. They were saying he was disturbed by all the rumors that was going on. And part of the reason why he was disturbed, because he was the king, and he was, they was already saying that he wasn't a good king, and he was half crazy anyway. But that's, that's what it said. He wasn't in his right mind. And when you know that this is the king, because the Romans is the one who put him in that king's place. So when you know the real king is coming, you know they coming to replace you. So in the process, he's tuned in. He wants to know what is going on and how much time I got. So he's getting into that mode, fight or flight mode. So he's telling them, get, get my people Bring my people in. I want to know what's going on, what all these people are saying, what's going on. These rumors I'm hearing, I want my people to clarify this. <coughs> because this is your role. They were activating in their role, you know, the, the, over the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They, this was their job to know what was going on. So he's calling them in. Hey, let's, let's see. Tell me what's going on. Because he's getting a little nervous. He's getting a little disturbed about what's, what's going on. And he wanted the chief priests and the scribes of the people. He wanted them to come in and say, hey, what is this they're talking about? That the Messiah would be born. What, what, what is this? What is this we're talking about? But like I say, 
Even though you over here worshiping, no matter what type of God you worshiping, you everybody can tell you, oh, they celebrate Christmas. They say that's Jesus' birthday. Oh, they celebrate that's the Passover. They say they know our religion. They know what we worshiping. They know exactly, and they watching it on the calendar. And even though they atheists, even though they say they don't believe Jesus was born, even though, but they still gonna take that day off their job. They still going to take that day off their job. And they're going to say, oh, it's Christmas and they'll order. We ain't going to put a tree up. That's fine. Mary didn't put a tree up either. <laughs> we just want you to know that it's still here and we're not going away with it. But the king was getting, the king was getting a little nervous. What is, what is all this? You, what is all this? What is all this that's going on that I'm hearing? Because he had the right to be. And like I say, you get, you get paranoid and now you don't know how old this child is. You don't know how soon it's going to be. Are they going to crown him and make him sit up in here with me? What is the fuss about? Go ahead, Papa. Praise the Lord. Back to uh, verse 3 here and 4. Is it? And when Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled and on Jerusalem with him. Mm -hmm. What things he had heard? Well, he, he was hearing that there is going to be somebody coming to take my place. Mm -hmm. You know, and he was getting a little bit troubled about that. And what, he didn't ask them nothing. The verse 4 said when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them. Mm -hmm. Where Christ should be born. Mm -hmm. How is it that people all the way from the east already know where he's going to be born? Mm -hmm. and, and here he's right here in the, he's over everything here. Mm -hmm. But he don't know exactly where he's going to be born. Mm -hmm. Where someone read verses five through six. Praise the Lord. In Bethlehem they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. O Bethlehem of Judah, you are not just a lonely village in Judah, for a ruler will come from for a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people of Israel. And the prophet was prophet Micah. Micah told him the exact location of the Messiah's birth. And all this information was common knowledge of the Jews. Because the Jews knew he was coming back. The Jews knew they were sending him. And that was common knowledge to him. And the prophet had already prophesied that this is going to happen. And it's things that we know is going to happen just like we know that God's coming back. Jesus is coming back. He's going to come back and he's going to get us. Even though we didn't heard that from my grandparents and grandparents. They didn't heard it from their parents, their parents. But we still waiting. And we still keeping that in the fresh of our, front of our mind. That we want our name in the book of life. That we want to get to heaven. We still holding on that, keeping to that fresh just like they did. Somebody's coming for us. Somebody's coming to take care of us. 
somebody's coming to change some things. You didn't had your turn here. But we sending somebody out that's got more power and he's going to be here and he's going to make a change and you're already afraid of him. You're whispering. You're trying to figure out what's going on. Everybody's nervous. And when people who do wrong, you get nervous when somebody come in to say they're going to make things right. Amen. You get real, people get real nervous. When somebody comes in and say, oh, we need to make some changes. What changes you need to make? We've been doing this way all along, and it's perfect. We don't need nobody around here trying to tell us what to do. Well, if you're doing what's right, you want to work, work along with somebody to do what's right. But the prophet had told them, and the Jews knew exactly the prophet, and, and it's, it's Micah, the fifth chapter, and the second verse, if anybody wants to know the prophet. If somebody wants to read it, it's Micah, the fifth chapter, the second verse. Praise the Lord. Micah, the fifth chapter, the second. Oh, Bethlehem, Ithra, you have been a, a small Judah town, yet you will, you will be the rebirth, the birth of my place, the king who is alive from everlasting ages to past. Amen. Amen. So it's already been prophesied. They already told you it's going to be in Bethlehem. But the thing of it is, God knows exactly where he wanted his baby to be born at, wanted Jesus to be born at. He didn't want him being born up in there to somebody. You're going to let him be born right there, and you're going to be doing a Pharaoh thing. That you want to kill all the firstborn. astrologers they coordinated everything with the written word of God now Isaiah coordinates with what Micah has said 400 and some years yes. before Jesus got here Isaiah had began to prophesy and tell them unto us a son is going to be born so they knew it was going to be a male child yes they knew the government was going to be up on his shoulders yes. they knew that a virgin was going to have this baby. baby. Yes. So all of Israel and the surrounding town, they was hoping and watching and waiting that they child, they daughter would be the one. That's why they laws was so strict. They didn't want you intermarrying outside, and that's how people done twisted and turned. Oh, they didn't want nobody in uh, uh, racial marriages. That wasn't what he was talking about. They was waiting. They knew what lineage he was coming from. Mm -hmm. They knew when he was. So they charted everything. And if it didn't line up with the word of God, they tossed it out because God had already spoken it. Mm -hmm. So when Michael comes along and reiterates it, what Isaiah done already said, and the word got back okay, this prophecy has come to fruition. Mm -hmm. So now everybody is trying to figure out whose daughter, no doubt it was. That would have been the buzz in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Whose family was chosen? Mm -hmm. Whose family was chosen? Whose child was it? Mm -hmm. So they knew where this baby was going to be born. They didn't know what time, but right. they knew exactly where. They knew it was going to be a male child. They knew it was going to be about a virgin. But they had a carnal mind thinking what a spiritual thing was. Mm -hmm. This virgin's going to get married and have a baby. Mm -hmm. But that was not what God had said. He didn't say nothing about nobody getting married. He said a virgin is going to conceive mm -hmm. and have a son. Mm -hmm. 
So this coordinated, what, what Michael did, he coordinated with that. So they already knew. So he already knew. And the other thing he was worried about, nine times out of ten, what they would do, they would banish the king or they would kill him, not only him, but his entire lineage. Lynch. So they would kill everybody because they didn't want anyone trying to overthrow the kingdom. So he was not only concerned about himself, he was, if he was married, and he was, he was concerned about his wife, his children, his seed, and anybody, his cousins, anybody that was connected to him. They would go in and completely wipe out everyone. We talk about servants, everyone. So he was very nervous about what was going on. Mm -hmm. He had no intention of going to worship the king. He was concerned about his own little skin. Own skin. And I want to say a little bit about the town of Bethlehem because that's where David lived. So when you think about Jesse, Jesse, that, that's what David was where it started at. So now when you start thinking about how great King David was and they, they knew Abraham lineages, they knew David's lineages, and now you talking about we going back to the same town and something good is getting ready to come out of the same town? That's going to be some problems because that, that town is just, it's just breeding nothing but good that's coming out of that little town. And they should have had their eyes focused on, okay, let me see. This is Abraham came through this territory. David was over in this territory. You, you know, all these prophets and stuff they're talking about over there. But God only lets you see what you want to see when you're doing evil. Praise the Lord. I just want to respond to old King Herod being troubled when, when he heard there's a change coming. Ain't it ironic how that affects us in the world today? People are get uptight when things change. Mm -hmm. And the one point I want to hit on about a change it's inevitable. Things must change. Mm -hmm. If they don't, they'll remain the same. But it's just kind of, it, it, you know, when, when I read this, he was troubled, and, and Pop and, and Mother was talking about how he got nervous. And that's what goes on in the world today. When people see a change coming, mm -hmm. they they get troubled and they get a little nervous. And, but it, a change must take place in our lives every day. For an example, and I'm going to sit down, I ain't gonna get, but just for one example. I was thinking about something this morning, having a little breakfast. And I don't know what took me back to D.C. I'm just going to, what, what I said out to myself out loud and terrorist, what are you, you talking to yourself again? Uh, yeah, but I'm not answering myself. <laughs> but I had said to myself about D.C., I didn't like myself then. And I blurted it out, I didn't like myself. And I said that because since I met a, met, met a man named Jesus, I like myself better now. I was sitting there saying, and I said to myself, man, you're so crazy at times to be even thinking about stuff. But it was real. I really like myself better now that I found Jesus. I want to say to our guests, this is Sunday School 101 Open Mic. 
So if you have any comments, it's the floor is open to you. It's yield to you. So anytime you want to jump in, you're more than welcome. Deke, will you read us verses 7 through 8 for us? Praise the Lord. Then Harold sent a private message to the wise men, asking them to come and see him. At this meeting, he learned the exact time when they first saw the star. Isn't that funny? The people that you support and that he had in his circle, he still wasn't pleased with the answer they gave him. He still wasn't pleased with that. And we do the same thing. We call out of our circle, I need the pastor, y'all need to come on over here and pray. I need, <laughs> we, we, we say we got everything and we got the right people in our circle, but we start stepping out. When you need power and want some answers, you're going to step out of that circle and you're going to go and get on that list that everybody else has say some things because people got some power. So he was like, I'm not, I mean, I, I hear what they're saying, but. I got to figure out a plan of which way I'm going, and I got to hear it from the wise men myself. I got to hear exactly from them. So he summons them in, and so he can talk to them secretly to try to get a game plan going, because just like the pastor said, he knew if this king was going to come in, he was dooming everybody else, and he's saying people going to be the one to help, help take him out. They, these, these same people that thought he was wonderful and they did a good, good job and all these, he knew these same people was getting ready to turn on him. They getting ready to put the silver bullets in the gun and getting ready to take him out. The same people. So he got to come up with a plot to try to figure out, okay, let me see what else I can do about this. So he going to summons the wise men to come, and he wanted to, you know, he's asking him, what exactly time did the star appear? He's trying to judge the age of this child is now. He's trying to, he's trying to decipher how long this star been here, what is, what, what is going on. He's trying to figure out the timeline. How long did it take you basically to travel from where you came from to here? Did it take you months? Did it take you years? How long has that star been up there? Before anybody noticed it. It's funny about how God is with you all the time and you never notice that he's with you. You wake up one day and you say, my God been with me all the time. But he been there all the time, but you just not noticed. You walk along 10, 20, 30 years, never noticed. And people saying, God's what you never know. Then when you start noticing, oh, he's here. <laughs> then you start having that conversation with him. Yes. But the king wanted to know. He wanted to know. He says, okay, okay. He wanted to be careful. He says, go and search for that child. And when you find him, report back to me. Because, you know, I won't go and worship him too. So when you find out, just come back let me know. You, you know I want to go and worship him too. I, I, I want to go and worship him too, so let me know. Yeah. Yeah. 
But the king wasn't crazy enough to say, okay, you wise men, I'm going to send some soldiers with you to protect you so nobody gets in your way. I'm going to go, I can, I can give you more food. I can give you stuff. He didn't even cross over into that zone. Because you know those things go, goes along that way. When somebody's going up, then you want to say, okay, I, 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 you know, I, I, I can pay for all your hotel stay. I, gotta, I, I can help you get a better ride. Because they're thinking the same way he thinking. A plot. A plot. Building a motive. But he says, yeah, when you find him, just come on back and let me know. Because I want to go and worship him. Manipulating. It was also very customary when, when, the new, when the king, when one went off the scene, and whoever the king was, be it with an infant or what have you, they would place that child on the throne. Mm -hmm. And then they would assign counselors and teachers and ministers that, that, that would teach this child as he grew up in the word so he would know how to reign till he became 12 years old because with their custom, they believe when you became 12 years old, you was considered a male, an adult mm -hmm. male. So he knew not only this, I, I can't trust the people in here because I don't know who gonna have, so now he's really paranoid. Mm -hmm. I gotta mm -hmm. have somebody test my food. Mm -hmm. I don't know whether they watching me right. or what have you, you know, That's because right. uh -huh. they gonna bring this kid in here. This kid gonna be coming in and I'm going out the other door. Mm -hmm. And he's in Harris mind, he probably thinking I ain't going out like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I gotta do something. I gotta have something in play. Mm -hmm. and, and, th and that's part of why he's trying to manipulate them. But the reason he couldn't do the, the, the magi, the wise men was, they came with millions of dollars on their own. Mm -hmm. They had gold, frankincense, what else could he offer them? They had a caravan of everything yes. they wanted. Right. It mm -hmm. took them at least three or four years to get from point A to where they were in Jerusalem. So that had to be a lot of money. money. They had their own team because they didn't travel because it was very dangerous. So they had they had soldiers, they had military people mm -hmm. with them. So when they slept at night, somebody was already Please watching. Watch. So there was nothing he could really offer but them yeah. other than to pretend he had false humility. When you find mm -hmm. out, come back and let mm -hmm. me know. And they called him the wise men. The wise men. They were the wise men. They didn't say that their name was Peter, Johnny Lou, and Appleseed. They said the wise men. So you know that they was wise and they knew exactly what they was doing and what they were sent for. They didn't say just Joe Blow had a dream and he was out walking. They said three wise men. And so when you're wise men, that means people come to you for information. So therefore, they, they believe that it's true and what you're giving them because you're wise. God is just executing this to the T of how he wanted those wise men and what he wanted to do. Would someone read verses 9 through 12? We're going to get into the presentation. So like she say, the king is getting pretty worked up about now. Because he's he's seeing exactly what could happen. He's he's getting he's he's getting a little nervous. He's getting a little nervous because now you done went somebody's gonna take me now. I don't trust the rest of the people. Mm -hmm. Would someone read verses 
9 through 12. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. They then, then they opened their treasures and presented them him with gifts of gold and incense and of mirth. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Amen. After being summoned, and they was being obedient because they had a job to do. And when the king summoned, they went on to listen to the king. They didn't want no problems because they got a job to do. Sometimes you got to stay focused. Sometimes you get called off the path, but you go and do so you can get back on God's path. Because sometimes there's, there's going to be undercurrents that's going to happen. But you got to stay focused on what you're called to do. So the wise men, they went in, they heard what the king had to say. But they was wise men, they didn't believe that because they were smart enough to know this is going to replace you. They knew the law. They knew the custom. They already knew. Okay, yeah, right. So they got back in and they start following that star because they knew what they was following, what they was going for. And so, it, you know, as the scripture said, the star led them to where they needed to go. So they already done traveled this whole distance. So I'm thinking as they was traveling all this time, as they was stopping and whatever, they was telling all the people along the way, we're following the star, we're following the star. Because they probably wonder why you got all this and where you headed. That makes sense. We're following the star because the Messiah's born. So they were the forerunners that was running ahead to let the people know there's a king. He's here. There's a star. You ain't got to take my word. Watch the star. Watch the star. And it said the star was leading them. They didn't get ahead of the star. They followed the star. We got to follow God and what God had set in place for us for the forerunners. This is not a track race where you're going to run past. You're in the marathon. You got to wait for the baton. You can't run past the person that's going to give you the baton. Because now you in somebody else's lane and it's not time for them to pass it on to you. So you're not going to win the race. You can run across the finish line, but you didn't gain anything and you didn't win anything because you didn't wait your turn for the baton to be passed on. So the person sitting in that mark in front of you is the forerunner for you. But they followed the star. And it says when they saw that where they hit their designation, like she said, that GPS, when it say you here, and we all do the same thing. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. I'm so glad we're here. I'm ready to get out of this car. I don't know what to do. We haven't even got out to see if the hotel was in good condition. All you know is you got to the designation, and thank you, God. I done made it to my designation. 
and I'm glad about it. It can be a 30-minute trip. It can be finding a new shopping spot. You just like, whoo, thank you. I thought I was going to have to go around and miss my spot. You excited. So just imagine that turned up 100,000 notches when you realize, oh, we done made it. The star's still here. We made the deadline. He didn't, the star didn't just fall off and we was too late. Yeah. As they was traveling, as you say, no doubt they were probably telling people we're following the star. Well, to the children of Israel, that made perfectly good sense to them because they remembered when they was coming out of Egypt. Egypt. And, and they, they went by a pillar of fire and the cloud. So when the fire was going, that meant they rested. But when it lifted, they would move. So that made perfectly good sense. If you can have a blaze of fire following you through the desert uh-huh. at night, you understand, Amen. just before we had night light, before we had street light, we had Jesus light out in the desert. So when the morning would come, it is hot in the desert. So he kept them in a pillow of cloud so the sun didn't beat down on them. So this was an easy journey for them. So that was not hard for them to believe when they heard, oh, you had a star? Well, that ain't nothing. We had a flame and we had the cloud. Mm -hmm. So, okay. Mm -hmm. So that that made perfectly good sense to them because they had seen, they had heard the story from the ancestors. We followed the pillow of fire. And it said they entered the house and they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and falling to their knees, they worship him. Mary already knew they was coming. God had already told them that the people are going to be coming. You know, usually we say, wash your hands. You no, know, I got this new baby here. Don't wake this baby up. You can see the baby when the baby wakes up. You know what it is when you bring that new infant home. You ain't be coming here caulking the hacker. You need to go clean up. No, Mary knew what she had. She knew what she had. She didn't take and shelter that baby because she knew people was going to be coming to worship. And she wasn't getting in there on the front line. And they gave, they gave respect to Mary. They didn't say, thank you for having that baby move back. We coming to, you know, because it was still Mary's job to see after this baby. It was still her job. So when they came in, they automatically fell down on their knees to worship a child. That a child didn't even know what's going on. And when you think about it, I, I can see Jesus just, 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 that spirit just connecting. He's still raiding out to the people. Go and tell them how you felt God in me. Go tell the people I'm here. The peace that came over them once they arrived there to knowing they met their designation and saying, yes, this is, this is true. This is true. The prophecy is true. Because if the baby had just laid there and nothing happened no different than somebody else's baby. Yeah, she had a baby. That don't mean nothing. But when they got there, they were so overjoyed with the spirit. When God shows up, you are so overjoyed with the spirit that you want to worship and give him praise. And it say they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And the gold was a symbol of nobility and royalty. The fragrancy incense was a gift, a deity. And it was also the grain offering. 
of the tabernacle. So they brought these gifts and this myrrh, and they brought these expensive gifts and stuff, and they presented it to him to show we know who you are. You worthy of being praised. That there's no grain offering going. There's no special offering going. But we brought this to you. And that's what these gifts represent. That we know you are the deity for us. You are the deity for us. Anyone else? And after their time of worship. God had already came to the men in a dream and said, you go another route. You go another route. God tells us, don't bring harm to other people. Go another route. God tells us, keep your mouth shut. It's going to cause harm to other people. He's doing the same thing for us as he did the wise men. Because if you are the watchman, you are watching to protect something behind you or around you when you are the watchman. So the wise men, after they did, they praise and worship. They did what God told them and went another route. They didn't even care how far the route was because they know once they didn't worship with God, they didn't came and did what Jesus and saw Jesus and did what God told them. They knew they're going to be all right. You didn't travel this distance all this route. God going to take you back safely. When you go the route that he tells you to do and he sends you on a route and you do what he tells you to do, he going to bring you back safely. He going to bring you back safely. They didn't question the dreams. They was wise men. They didn't question the dream. They followed through and was obedient did anyone else have anything? The king is worship. That's the end of our lesson. But I just want you to keep in mind, God is worthy to be worshiped from the beginning to the end. There's no stopping points. Because we get times in our lives we get mad and we don't want to come and worship him and we don't want to do certain things. But God is worthy that he sent his son Jesus for us that we need to continue to worship him all the days of our lives. All the days of our lives. So if we wake up in the morning, whether you're in the same situation you was when you laid down, you need to be giving him worship and praise all the days of your life. No matter what illness is on you, no matter what your family looks like, no matter what your job looks like, no matter what your bank account looks like, you need to be giving him worship and praise because it's not about you. Because if you lean in and you give him that worship and praise, he's going to give you something. He's going to give you something. So if you want what he's giving you to help you get through that situation, you get up, you give him worship, you give him praise, and you're going to see things different. 
You're going to see a star shining. You're going to see a star leading you where you need to go and showing you. You're going to have a dream that's going to tell you. You're going to have a vision to tell you how to get through this. Yes, Amen. Yeah. In verse 16, it says, when Herod saw that he was mocked oh. of the wise men, oh. he was exceeding wroth. He yes. wasn't just angry. He was out of control. Oh. He was out of control and sent forth and slew or killed all the children that was in Bethlehem mm. and in the surrounding towns of the coast thereof from two years old and under. So that tells you about how old Jesus was when the Magi got to them. Mm -hmm. He was not a baby. He, had to, he was a toddler. Mm -hmm. He was two years old mm -hmm. when they got there. So Herod's in his evilness, I don't know exactly how old he's going to be, so I'm just going to kill them all. Mm -hmm. I'll just, that's how evil the mm -hmm. devil is. Mm -hmm. I'll just kill them all. I, I'm bound to get the right one if I kill them all. Right. Right. So he, that's thought. What he thought. But as we read on through there, he ends up dying himself. Yes, he does. Amen. Now, when you think about that, he wanted to kill all the children. What the devil doing now? He wants to attack our children. He wants to stop our children from being led up because they know the children are going to take over. He know the children is the ones that's going to spread the word. He know the children, we are the forerunners. And we're bringing up a child the way we should be bringing them up in the church and serving the Lord. So we know we're going to be handing this over to the next generation. So if I can start messing them up in the head, if I can start messing them up with drugs, if I can start making them be more disobedient, if I can start doing this, we ain't going to hand something. I'm not going to hand something over to my three-year-old because he don't listen. I'm not going to give him my good Bible and say, you the next man of God, you just take it, and you're going to sit and color in the book and mark out stuff that we didn't put notations and stuff in because you're not ready. You're not ready. And that's why we should be praying over our children because we know that the anointing is just like Jesus was. The anointing is on them. The calling is on them for them to do certain jobs and God is helping us to ordain them and getting them structured and getting them ready for their next move of where he wants them to be. Worthy to be praised. You know, I often say that I was put here to worship. Mm -hmm. My place is worship. Yes. Whatever it is, just worship. You know, he's worthy yes. to just in the morning. Sometimes you just turn over in the midnight hour and just, yes. Father, I thank you. Yes. You didn't allow it to be what I thought it was. Yes. You brought me out, you know, and when yes, I saw Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Yes. Sometimes it wake you up yes. in the midnight hour. Hey. You got a pain somewhere you can't explain. Yes. And you say, God, thank you for keeping me. Yes. Thank you you made the blood vessels behave. Yes. Thank you that you caused the blood to flow. Yes. I just praise God because he's worthy to be praised. Yes. He's the same God that he was then. He's, a, he's the same God now. And like you said, to just pay attention to watch him. Like we talked about, and, and Pastor was saying last week, watch as well as pray. 
See, you know, it's, it's a lot of stuff going on, but people ain't paying attention. Uh -oh. mm -hmm. And if you notice with the kids, like you said, they don't want to sit down and learn nothing. Mm -hmm. They don't want to listen. It's not of an importance mm -hmm. to them. I remember when we was growing up, and that ain't been that long ago. You know what I mean? <laughs> but it, we had no choice. Mm -hmm. We had to sit down, and we had to listen. Mm -hmm. And you know, like you said, sometimes you ain't ready, and you, you just throw stuff and toss it. But the thing about the Holy Spirit, he brings back to you. Yes. Mm -hmm. He brings back to you, and he seals that thing within you. Say, I remember... Daddy told me this, or Mama told me that, yes. or Big Mama told me that. Yes. I remember that. So he is to be worshipped and to praise and to watch. Yes. As I was beginning to just last night just think and ponder up on some things. You see all these different places closing down? Mm -hmm. the, and and Payless, though, we know that ain't no big thing, but all these, the way you used to go in and communicate yes. is shutting down. You go into the store and you purchase. Everything's done online now. Everybody's watching with your cell phones, with your computers. They watching. You got to pay attention with the president and the shutdown and all this different stuff. You got to pay attention and watch. There's something going on behind the scenes. There's something. There's a shift in every corner, every corner, every corner, every edge. There's a change in the atmosphere. And we got to be ready for it. Don't say, oh, that's too bad they closed it down. Ooh, ain't that something? Yeah, it is something. But God wants us to watch. Because there's a shift in it. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. And worship. When you ain't no car, you say, they had one thing in mind, and they plotting, and they scheming on Capitol Hill and all these different places. But I worship you. Yes. Because you're going to keep your people. I worship you. Yes. You tell us to go another way. Yes. When I would go this way, I would do that. You said do something else. Yes. When I would go and I would mingle, you said not so. You changed the mind in the midst of it. This past week, I, a girl treated me. I talked talk, talk to y'all before, and she treated me to uh, lunch. She had a heart attack. One I was sharing with you, tried to kill herself. Mm -hmm. So as we sat down, she said, Veronica, can you believe I had a heart attack? Well, how should I answer this? Because I can believe in anybody, you know, mm -hmm. can go through this. But I said, still worship God. Mm -hmm. One day it just may happen. Mm -hmm. yeah. I said, one day, I said, you don't play like that. I said, you're lonely, you need attention. I begin to call it up, but worship. Yeah. Worship, yeah. Father, I thank you. Yeah. I thank you that you let me shift the atmosphere. Yeah. It don't matter if they distance themselves for a little while. Shift the atmosphere. Yeah. I plant the seed, I said, thank you, and I go on back. And you heard she says, when you're lonely, you need the attention. When it's just you and God praying, you're the center of the attention. Because you called him in. He came down to see what you want. Worship and praying. Worship and praise. Worship and praise. 
You don't have to go to school to learn how to say thank you, Jesus. You don't have to go to school to say I love you, Father. You don't have to go to school to say I thank you for what you're doing for me. There was a free gift to you. He gave that one to you free. That you can call me anytime you want to. When you're lonely, you can just call me. When you're sick, you can just call me. Time is not an issue for God. Situation is not an issue for God. Just call me. Call me. He said, I gave you several names you could call me. Pick anyone you want to pick. Just call because I know when you call on me, it's a different voice. And I know you're talking to me when you call on me. Hear me. Go ahead, Pastor.
He was not talking to Terry. He was not even talking to himself, but he was really talking to God. Because had it not been God, he'd have been a statistic somewhere in this. But he was just reminiscing on what could have been, what almost was. And when your mind go back, I, I was working downtown, and when you would get on the subway and go underground, it's pitch black, dark in there. You can't see your hand in front of your face. And they going through that tunnel so fast. You just getting clipped of light. Someone could have stabbed, murdered, or killed, or whatever. And nobody would have been the wiser. So we say thank you. For the things that you have done. For the things we thought was going to happen. They had spoken over us. We was up to almost three o'clock this morning because the furnace wouldn't come on. And he was giving. He said, "I'm just going to bed." And I was just in there sweeping up some stuff. And I said, "God, give him wisdom, so he know what to do." When a tick, 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 he whoops. The devil is about trying to steal your peace. And make you speak something that he didn't want to make So we say thank you. That's what worship is. Just being grateful. Because we're in a, a society that is arrogant. They're rude. They're disrespectful. They're entitled. I'm supposed to have this. No, you're not. What our, our thank you from our mouth to his ear. He will interpret it because we don't know how to express it. But by the time he gets to him, he knows exactly what we're trying to say. And we were taught as children when somebody do something nice for you, you ought to say thank you. say but but for some reason the word David came up in the Sunday school lesson this morning and if I'm right mama and us daddy wasn't David a prayer warrior wasn't David a a, a worshiper didn't he not just worship and pray and fight what God had gave him. Yes. I was sitting there just thinking about what has been going on just this past week. And what was spoken over my wife. And I'm sitting there and looking at the doctor and as she left, I looked at my wife, I said, we're not gonna claim that disease. 
Yesterday I went to go visit my wife. Well, went to go visit my mother and my wife and my sister-in-law was there and she prayed with her. I just kind of stood there and bowed my head as I am supposed to, as humble as God wanted me to be. And I'm still thinking the same thing while I'm just thinking a while ago. David was a prayer warrior and a worshiper. And I got up, kissed my wife, and I left. Got down the first floor, God said, you usually pray with your wife in the mornings. What's wrong with you? Go back upstairs and pray with your wife. Tears of joy came down my face. What man of God would want to leave the room without praying or worshiping with their loved one? I turned around and got back on the elevator, got back up to seventh floor, and my wife looks up. She said, what's wrong, babe? I said, I looked at her, I said, God wants me to come back and pray with you. When you obey the voice of the Spirit, but obey the voice of God, and you know things that you have seen happening on TV, mudslides in California, God is shaking the foundation because someone is not doing what God has asked them to do. to go back. Amen. Because Amen. we don't know the time, the day, or the hour that God is going to pull our number or call our name. Amen. So what David do? David went back and done what God wanted him to do is praise and worship what he called him to do. God done what he asked me to do. Obey that. Amen. Let's stand and give God some worship. Give him some praise. Because we don't give him what's due to him in worship and praise. We don't give him what's due. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Oh, Father, we lift you up, Father. You've been mighty, mighty, mighty good to us, Father. You the best of the best. You came here already knowing our needs and our desires and what we need healing. You already know. Father, we thank you. Woo, Father, we thank you. All the days that I forgot to say thank you, Father. Yeah. Yeah. Forgive me for those days, Father. I give you the glory today, Father. I give you the glory today, Father. Because I know it was you. I know who my deity is. I know who controls it all. Ooh, Father, I thank you. Yeah. Yeah, Father. You always got me covered from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. Yeah. 
Father. Ooh, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. We give you the glory. What a mighty God you are. You prove time and time in the book that you still going to stand tall no matter what they bring forth. That they God's to nothing compared to you. Nothing can take us down as long as we with you. Whoop. Yeah. Ooh, I thank you, Father. 